Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beer Ladies podcast. I'm Tandy, and I'm joined today with Lisa and Katie. Hello, ladies. Hello. <laughs> and we, we're speaking about something a little tangential, but a, a lot kind of relevant to the three of us tonight. And uh, we're talking about travels and beer. You know, we're going to go through a couple of our own recent trips and recent travels, be it short or far away. And we're going to you know, comment blasely on the state of the of the beer scene in state countries that we were in or locally. And we're just going to, you know, have a bit of a chat about beer and traveling and what you look for when you travel. Do you travel specifically to visit breweries or to go to festivals? Or is it, you know, much of a, you know, go with the flow and see what's local vibe? So we're going to go with a little bit of that today. Um, so a little bit of a casual one. And um, before we before we get into that and what are we drinking, um, I'm going to just remind you all, and we do love it when you hang out with us on social media, whether it's Twitter or Mastodon or Instagram or Facebook. Um, we are at Beer Ladies Pod wherever you want to find us. Uh, we've also got beerladiespodcast at gmail.com and beerladiespodcast.com is our website where you can find the whole back catalog um, for everything. You can even find the links to uh, buying us a pint or and buying a t-shirt or merch or whatever you want. It's all there, just a reminder for you. Okay, friends, so housekeeping out the way. Let's talk about travels, but let's first get our beers. So Katie, we're going to start with you. So I just came back from London yesterday, and I have obviously picked up something on the the flight because I'm a little bit congested and I'm not feeling the best. Um, so I am drinking a non-alcoholic IPA from Dot Brew. Ooh, I enjoyed nice. it. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, a non-alcoholic hop forward IPA, soft body, fruity aromatics. This is what it looks like. Ooh, you see that? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Fairly bright, bright goldish, little hazy. It and it's hazy like and it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, Even, and this is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Katie. Oh no, I was gonna say, um, it tastes 
I think you'd know that it wasn't a double IPA. Mm. But yeah, honestly, you wouldn't know that that wasn't, that was, al- uh, sorry, non-alcoholic. Yeah, I think this is the one, Lisa. I was going to say, is it the one with the magic, the magic New Zealand grape yeast, I want to say, something like that? I don't know, mm. but how do you know if it is the one or not? It doesn't say it on its, uh, anywhere on the tin, if it is the the yeast from the skin of a I think it must be because that was going to be a yeah non-alcoholic IPA and I I had it too and I I had the same impression I think you might think Mm. it was just a low alcohol yeah like Mm. maybe sort of two or three ish percent but I I really enjoyed it I think that's what I'm gonna be giving another shot to that's very cool and nice a a nice another reason to have a few non-alcoholics you know in the cupboard or the fridge because you know when you're sick you don't really feel like getting that pissed so yeah, good reason. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lisa, what you got? I have the uh, Western Herd Spanish Point, which is their American Pale Ale, and you know I've been uh, going for this one a lot recently since it's uh, been out the past couple of weeks. It's uh, brewed with Simcoe Centennial, Chinook, and Idaho Seven, but it's got on on the can a, a lovely little sort of um, uh, sort of woodcut looking of a Spanish ship. Um, so pretty. It, <laughs> I love it's that a, can. I have to say, Western Herd have some beautiful, beautiful can art. And it says on the back, uh, the invincible Spanish Armada crushed against the Clare coast in September 1588 in one of the most violent storms of its time. It marked the end of a journey for many Spanish mariners aboard, but the beginning of a legacy in this wild part of our County Clare. And then they talk about uh, basically, yay, American Pale Ale after that, which is which is fair <laughs> enough. But it's a lovely, um, it's a lovely sort of deep golden color. It's probably a little hard to see here, but uh, mm. definitely, um, you know, I wouldn't say hazy, slightly cloudy, but not not hazy like a hazy kind of thing. But I really like it. It's very clean, very hop forward. But I I yeah. I find I've been going for this one a lot lately, so it seemed appropriate for a travel theme. And I got nice. married in the uh, Spanish. I got married in Spanish Point. Well, I had oh. my my re- oh. reception was in the armada hotel aptly named because of the Ooh. spanish armada oh that's so fun oh that's perfect it's so it's really nice yeah i love that well um spoiler alert folks when i went to south africa i had great plans of coming back with a whole lot of beers and initially, I actually wanted to do an episode like this where I gave uh, Lisa and Katie and Christina, if she was available, beers from South Africa so we could try. But I am absolutely goddamn useless. And I was there for three weeks, <laughs> did not bring any beer home. <laughs> and um, and so I've gone local tonight. So I've got Clancy's can number 11. It's the maple and peak and brown ale. Oh, lovely. Yeah. It is. It's a lovely beer. I've had it before. It's a 7.5%. Um, and it's just it's just beautiful. You know, I'm always a little nervous about things like nuts in a beer because either they'll they can make it really oily, which will affect head retention, um, or they taste artificial, which is kind of a weird thing. Or people will say that they're in the beer, but you don't really taste them at all. Mm, so there's a really yeah. fine balance of getting nuts in a beer. And maple's the same. Maple is a really strong flavor if you have it on its own. But when you blend it with a whole lot of things, it tends to just add a little bit of a sweetness. In a way, I think that's what it does. So this one's, you know, very dark brown ale, small head, but that's to be expected. Um, and it is, it's, it's decadent. It's lovely. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that one too. And I, I had the same impression. I was also worried with the maple. Sometimes it can feel very 
much of a muchness, but I think you get the, the maple flavor without a heavy, mm. you know, mouthfeel. So it's a really lovely beer. I've got uh, one in my fridge as well. So just waiting for it to be like the perfect dessert beer again. So indeed. It, and it does feel still cold enough to be able to enjoy a beer like this. Yeah. So I'm kind of happy. I mean, having just come from uh, hot, hot weather, uh, it actually wasn't as hot as I thought it was going to be. It was averaging between 28 and 30. Some days it was a bit cooler, it's sort of 24, but it was really warm, mostly sunny. And I wore flip-flops for three weeks. So coming back to what was probably one of the worst weeks in March, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where it was snowing and cold and freezing and I was like devastated so happy to have a bit of a winter warmer even though we are just about at the end of March and very much into spring yeah, yeah. the clocks change mm. next weekend oh god already yeah <laughs> I think so yeah yeah because they've already done it in North America so we're yeah huh. we're in that weird period where it's off a different yeah, it's a great reason when you have a call that you don't really want to go to. You just go <laughs> off and say, oh, sorry, I got the time wrong. Woo. Not that I would Life, ever do such never. a thing. No. Never. Life pro tips from Katie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if um, your Outlook or Gmail based, but they, you know, they both just handle the time zone. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So Usually. We'll just keep that one on the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Lisa, tell us about your recent travels. Where did you go? Why did you go? And what were you doing? And <laughs> tell us some stuff about your travels. I, I will. So I've had two recent-ish trips, both very short, but I, I think uh, some interesting beers but both times. So first I went to Los Angeles for four and a half-ish days, which is interesting time zone-wise, jet, jet lag-wise. Um, but again, there's going to be an important beer pro tip related to this, um, but went went to LA for uh, Gallifrey One, which is the annual giant Doctor Who convention there. We had a great time. It was wonderful. Just me and my my smaller one. So uh, two of us went on a girl's trip. Uh, well, nerdy girl's trip, because, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not normal. But um, I, I will say the um, the beer we had, well, not we, I had, obviously <laughs> she's eight. She wasn't drinking any beer, although she did observe. Um, but, uh, we, we went our first night to, uh, this really interesting little tap room, uh, called Surfridge Brewing Company. Apparently they are on both coasts in the U S they have an East coast location and a West coast location. They also have a vineyard, just interesting, interesting stuff, but had a lovely little tasting flight. And because, uh, you know, in, in America, there's this whole sort of kids in tap rooms discourse and people are either thrilled or angry, but they had a whole dedicated little children's play area. So, um, we were kind of living our best lives there for a little bit, but I, I will say bit of a bit of a rookie mistake for me and that, you know, we hadn't really eaten. We were going to get food there. Food van did not show up for quite a while. So I was just trying to really have little just tiny bits of the tasting flight. But even that, you know, American beers, you know, on the whole tend to be so much stronger than than what we're used to here in Ireland that by you know, by like midway through the tasting tray, which was small, I, I was feeling like, oh, this is, and you know, <laughs> add in the jet lag and everything else. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really tough to have to power through while we wait for the pretzel van to come. But we had to wait for the pretzel van to come because pretzels, it's important. This was, you know, we'd committed at this point. Um, <laughs> so I will say, uh, long story short, the next day, I did not feel amazing, had to sleep in a little bit, have a bit of a lie-in and miss the first couple of panels. But 
fine after that, just a bit of a headache. But what was interesting about the beers was, um, I think mean, seeing this shift away from some of the hazier pale ales, seeing some true, you know, West Coast IPAs, which makes sense because we were in California, but also even the pale ales were like true pale ales. They weren't sort of a little bit cloudy, a little bit hazy. Again, they were stronger than what we would get here, but, you know, very much more that kind of classic true to style. And there was even a really nice Vic beer that was very much like, say, an Allagash White or or along those lines. But again, very much true to style, you know, not going off in a direction. So again, I don't know if this is this particular brewery's kind of jam of doing kind of classic styles because they also had a really nice oatmeal stout and a fest beer. So again, just kind of uh, straight up the the styles, just a little bit kind of stronger than <laughs> what we're used to, but uh, really interesting. And then even in, in the airport on the way back, uh, we stopped at, um, and I had to look it up, but it was the Santa Monica Brew Works, uh, you know, again, the sort of tap room in the airport where... We paid 70 US dollars for a pretzel and a beer and a Coke what? and a sandwich. So just, you're you know, really? you're in the airport. Yeah, you're a captive audience. Um, but I will say it was a gorgeous, gorgeous pale ale. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, you go on untapped. And because it's like, it's a 5.6% pale ale, you see people be like, eh, not, not extreme enough. Now, and I'm like, this is lovely. It's clean. It's fresh. It was just, I think, really kind of perfect for an airport where you might be sitting for a while. You know, you don't want to have anything too crazy because you're in an airport and, mm. you know, come on. But I just thought that was interesting that there's still that kind of uh, at least sort of, um, I don't know, perception there that you're getting, you know, that everything has to be extreme and has to be this and that. And yes, they were stronger, but I felt like things that were really standing out were just true to style, you know, just kind of right on the money for what they should have been. So that was interesting. I don't know if it's a trend, but I like to see it now again, you know, maybe that's self-selecting, but it was, it was interesting. Mm. Um, and then I'll, I'll tell you about my other quick trip, which was just up to Belfast, but I'll, I'll pause and maybe mm. we'll ruminate on the, the pale ales and stuff first. Cause I have very different thoughts, positive as well about my trip to Belfast, but it's just different direction. So. The only, the only really, well, thing that I kind of want to say is that if this is a trend that's going to eventually come here, I am extremely excited because right. I really miss parallels that are clear, that have got some sort of malt base that is not oats, right. <laughs> is not right. hazy, and isn't overly juicy. I want the sort of balanced, you know, malt and hop bitterness in a clear beer that is sessionable and easy to drink and that you don't have to think about too much and that doesn't have 12 varieties of hops i'm actually really <laughs> miss beers like this whether it's a west coast ipa or a parallel that's just a solid parallel i'd be so thrilled and um, if we could get some more of those here yeah i was super stoked to see them and i have to say there were some other really interesting things that i was like oh those are interesting i'm going to try them later and i think similar to your trip tandy later did not come there just was not time especially when you're the only adult looking after a small person you can't just I mean to be you fair know. you spent four days and you'd probably <laughs> traveled for two and a half of them like oh yeah yeah it was, oh it gosh, was a I lot can't... of travel it was a lot of travel but I can't imagine going to LA for you know such a short time but I'm very very proud of you that you did that that's so cool the this dedication. is what you can do when you have points points are you know points make everything possible so that's <laughs> you know that's the pro tip in fact we'll, we'll come back to this on 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 the belfast thing because that involved a lot of points too so free hotel so Ooh, nice and so 
what it sounds like is that a lot of the almost back to basics brewing started to show up again. So it did. nothing with crazy ingredients and nothing that was, you know, even though it's base level stronger, but nothing that was 12.5% that really only needed to be five or that's yeah. I cool. mean, there were a couple of them here and there that I saw places mm. that, and again, there's there's at, at the hotel next to the hotel we were staying. There's this sort of pizza place um, where you can also, um, you know, where they give you a wristband and you tap your own beers as you know, and then you rinse them and all, all of the things. But they did have a couple of things on, but I did not get to go there because they ran out of food. So <laughs> we walked in and we waited to be told they'd run out of food, and then went back to the other hotel and gave up which I think has been a trend of the last couple of places we've gone to in the states is they've run out of food and we've been like how does this happen but no infrastructure strange to me yeah supply chain issues right that's what Mm. they kept saying and they did have a couple of things on tap that were you know unnecessarily cucumbery or unnecessarily you know something thrown in but maybe they were good didn't get to try them because they run out of food so <laughs> had to give up well yes f- food is important when you're drinking <laughs> i mean yeah absolutely especially Definitely. if you're traveling a long distance you need to stay hydrated you need to be getting sleep and that can be hard when you're you know jet lagged it's uh yeah so yeah important pro tip stay hydrated drink lots of water all, all of those things and um mm. I-, I feel like probably uh the, the other the other takeaway is you, 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 you're probably more tired and more tipsy than you think if you've been traveling all day and not been eating and all the things. So uh, you don't want to wake up with a bad headache, especially when you have a smallish child who's like, now we're going to play Zelda. And you're like, oh, God. Are we? Oh, don't talk to me about that. I remember the Can't day. Think of anything worse. Now we're going to play Yu-Gi-Oh, man, with the cards. <laughs> and you'd put down a card. It's like, mom that's a trap card you can't play it there and I'm like oh my god I didn't know these things anyway I suppose mine are uh mine are a little bit older in that one of them can now drink but doesn't drink beer yeah the, the older ones mm, don't seem yeah. interested do they it's a thing yeah is is it I think it is a thing they're just not interested in 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 alcohol oh, really need at to go all. back to our, our episode from last week with Martin Cornell he was talking yeah. about how you know all of the all of the generations have almost diverged away from what their parents drink. So, you know, just because we're all big beer drinkers, our kids are probably not going to be. Yeah, they're just not that interested. They're going to go to cocktails or they're going to go to something else. I'm not sure. Or maybe it'll be within the beer spectrum, but it won't be the same styles. You know, that's the other way that it could go, right? Yeah. Yeah, my and son I think has told interesting... me that he doesn't want to drink, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I think there's an interesting marketing challenge there too for, for that generation where if they do do something different, but everything is like, this, 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 especially what, what comes to mind for me is like hops, 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 hops. Because if you ask, you know, my almost 18 year old, what's beer made of? The first thing he'll say is hops. And you're like, well, actually, mm. no, but that's the perception for people in their, you know, late teens, early twenties is beer is made from hops. That's the only thing they yeah. know. Cause that's what's on all the, all the adverts, whether it's craft or even not, it's like hops, hops, hops. You're like, it's such a, no water, yeah. malt. These are important. So yeah. Totally. Okay, so then you went to Belfast. Tell us about that. I did, yeah. And I, I went to I went to Belfast for a very quick, you know, weekend thing. But obviously, that is a much more reasonable quick weekend trip because it's, you know, two hours on the train, just uh, hop in, go around town. But what I thought was so interesting was that uh, the couple of places I went, uh, first of all, you know, made sure I went to the Sunflower and got some stuff on cask. And that was lovely. 
Um, and then I went a couple of other places that um, are sort of new to me that I hadn't been to before that I've been told by some locals, oh, go here. They always have really good craft beer on tap. But when I got to some of these, again, I, I won't sort of name and shame because that's kind of the wrong thing, but they had some really good local bottles, but nothing that mm. I would even think of as sort of craft on tap. Like they had a blue moon tap, you know, that kind of a thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it, it's too bad that they, they clearly want to support local with like their bottles, yeah. which is great. And I have to say, I saw Heaney and bottles everywhere. It made me so happy because I love Heaney, just gorgeous beer. Uh, so I did have a couple of those. And, and I have to say, um, also very, very uh, important call out is I went to the Lyric Theater to see a show there. Amazing bottle list, Heaney and bottles. So you, I was like, oh, I'm in a theater and I'm getting good beer. Oh my God. Because certainly you go anywhere in mm. Dublin. It's like, here's your Heineken. And I know. that's that's your option. So it was just really nice to see, you know, an arts venue supporting, you know, the local producers. Yeah. And that was great. Oh, the Helix used to have Mel's, didn't it? I'm wondering who has replaced them. That's a good question. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like the Abbey has one or two local bottles, but certainly nothing, nothing on draft or, um, and even it's not that many bottles, but this was you nice. Know, you know, that said, I don't know if I would trust craft on tap at an arts venue might be or at a concert venue because old. it just may not it may not sell quick enough and i'm not it's, it's fair I, yeah with all the love in the world i just don't know if the staff of that kind of a venue are going to love those lines like a like a pub would. yeah i don't know no it's a, it's a good point it's, it's a good point and it was definitely you know this was definitely bottles versus anything on tap but what mm. really struck me about all of the um, all of the places where, you know, with the exception of the deer's head where I had to stop in where they make their own beer and it's lovely. Um, and I had a really nice time there. Um, what I did keep seeing everywhere was Verdant. And I was like, Verdant mm. seems to have taken over every tap in Belfast. And I like Verdant, but I was surprised. I was like, that's, it's just a funny combination. And, so. and Dublin, because while you were in Belfast, I was at Underdog for a homebrew club ah. meeting and Verdant had a bit of a tap take over there too. So I think that there was some targeted marketing campaign by Verdant. Be. They were just everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they have a new distributor or something, but they were mm. just everywhere. And it really struck me as I saw them everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. I had some of them on tap and again, it was fresh. It was lovely. It was, it was great. No complaints about it, but I just thought it was funny that instead of anything local, it was sort of Verdant everywhere. So maybe they'd had tap takeovers there as well. Maybe that's what was going on was kind of the remnants of that but it was just a a really funny thing to see that just this one craft brand sort of overtaking everything local everything even other things from even that part of England I was like oh they're just everywhere so yeah. fair play to you guys um however you're doing yeah. it but it was uh it was just really interesting so yeah I, I don't know quite what to make of it it was just mm. a trend yeah, did you get I much cask I did get a couple. Um, again, mostly um, mostly verdant because <laughs> that's what there was. Uh, which again, no no complaints about it. It was lovely. It was it was fresh. I did have one um, sort of more local beer, and I'm I'm now blanking on what it was. But um, I would say that where I had the most, you know, properly sort of, you know, properly local beer was again going to the Deer's Head, and and always have to shout out the Deer's Head because they've got those wonderful bag hooks that look like deer's heads and mm. I think that's fantastic I uh, just wish I had a little more time but I will be going back up in May for uh, another concert so um, hopefully I can do a little bit more uh, sort of reconnaissance but uh, yeah it was just really interesting to see Verdant everywhere so maybe maybe that's a question to anyone who works for Verdant what's 
do you guys have a big plan? What's happening here? Is this just kind of the natural state of things? I don't know. It was just really interesting because I know I had quite a few of their beers uh, when they were at the Fidelity Festival. And uh, Mm. I know there's a lot of sort of potential collaboration stuff going on, which again is great. It was just funny how omnipresent it was suddenly. So. Yeah, that is that is quite strange. Excuse me, I've ne- I've never been to uh, Belfast, so how oh, field about, trip. Um, I know we we it's ridiculous, but it and it's so close, just has never happened. So how about a couple of tips or tricks for people that have like me never been and want to make the most of their trip there? Katie, I'm me, I've you never first. I've never been over. Oh, I've yeah. never been overnight. I've been on a day trip. That's it children so i haven't right. been, i've never been in a pub in belfast how about oh that? well there are definitely like a lot of really nice ones so i i think again i'm gonna keep shouting out the deer's head because it's so nice but there are a couple um you know just very much in the city center and i i know there's one or two slightly further out that are meant to be really good that i've not made my way to but i think you know it is you know it's it's still like quite compact and quite walkable i think the the only thing is you kind of want to make sure you know where you're going first, just because there are some parts that are, you know, not even getting into sort of the more complicated stuff, but there are like, there are in Dublin, some parts that are just kind of the derelict or, uh, you know, you just want to be mindful of where Mm. you're going, because I will say that was one thing coming back from the university area uh, over by Queen's University, which is beautiful. um, And, uh, you know, lots of little shops, pubs, clubs to kind of back to the city center. There is kind of a part in the middle that's not mm. as nice, but I was on the bus, so it was fine. But I think there's there's a little cluster kind of right around the cathedral quarter of really good pubs that that's one place to to look out for. Um, and yeah, and then again, there's some places out by um, out by the university that are really really fun, really inclusive, and I would say some that are quite family friendly too. So it doesn't have to all be, uh, you know, just uh, adults only. But uh, definitely, <laughs> and, uh, definitely a mix. Uh, do don't bound do boundary have a top room up there? If they they do. Yes, or... I did stop in there. Yes, at the John Hewitt is uh that what they took over. And that is really nice too. And they had some, again, they had a lot of verdant as their guest beers, but uh <laughs> their um their own stuff was lovely and very knowledgeable staff, very friendly, all you know, more than willing to give you a taste of something to see if you would like it and are not offended. If you're like, oh, that one's not for me, they'll have a good idea of what you might prefer instead because I did have a sample of something and it was just because I know it's a particular hop I didn't like once I tried it I was like oh this is not Mm. for me but they're like oh okay and then steered me in the correct direction so I had um, a couple lovely half or two-thirds pints uh, at some of those places because they've got both sort of slightly odd measures so you have to kind of but you know you're not going to complain if someone says do you want a two-thirds instead of a half you're like it's it's fine Mm. Um, yeah but uh, really really you know, fantastic service people who really have like clearly been trained on what they make, who know kind of inside and out, oh, if you don't like this, you might like that. So I think you saw that real kind of, um, you know, a very professional approach to it. Sometimes you can go to a tap room and it can seem slightly slapdash, but this this was not that. It still mm. feels like a pub, but with a real sort of craft beer ethos, and that's really lovely staff. And that's also, again, a very central place you can walk to it. So it would be a very easy city to do some some nice pub crawls in. And at some point, we should team up with the Belfast Women's Beer Collective mm. uh, folks and, you know, do a thing. So putting there's, it out in the universe. De- definitely fun things to be had there. And one maybe more thing. 
even though it's just across the border, you almost don't expect that things like prices are going to be that different. But w- tell us a little bit about that. That, are they quite that is that it was an interesting thing because there is a bit of not quite sticker shock, but yeah, just you know, it's still obviously cheaper than you know going to London. I think you're going to see prices more on par with like going to say Manchester or Leeds or or something like that. But you know, there, there were certain things where I was like, this is probably more than I would pay. Normally, once you've done the conversion in your in your head, nothing nothing crazy. But uh, I do want to pay, say I was paying sort of you know six ish pounds a pint that kind of thing for for the craft beers. Like the other stuff was a little cheaper. But like I I know the lovely bottle of the Heaney that I got was like seven or eight. But again, you're at a venue that's always going to be a bit mm-hmm. of a a bit of a markup. It was cheaper in pubs. Um, but yeah, I think you know, and it's easy to sort of just you know, hand wave that out of your head and be like, I'll figure it out later when you sort of see all those, uh, you know, conversion charges on your bill later. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It's actually really interesting because when I've been over to the UK now, obviously I've not been over to Belfast, but I've often found that uh, drinks are cheaper there. Um, That said, it depends because I, you know, I'm yeah. often, I'm often a bit of a grocery store shopper. You know, I often do that. I think it's at different. home yeah. and it is a little bit different, but even at pubs, you know, getting cask for, let's say four pounds a pint, which is whatever, five euros is yeah. still slightly cheaper than what we'd be paying at six, often seven euros. A pint. It's still definitely cheaper than, than here, but I think some of the, I would say some of the more high octane craft stuff was certainly mm. edging up price-wise, but I think that's where you're seeing the difference. I, I think you could have got, you know, like if you went in for a Guinness, that was going to be certainly cheaper than what you're going to pay yeah. around here. Um, where I think, what was pe- what was it people were paying in Temple Bar for St. Patrick's Day? It was like nine euro a pint or something insane. You're like, you can walk literally a block away and not do this, but come on. But there's no so. crack there, Lisa. I mean, it's only <laughs> in Temple Bar. Is there, there really is... crack in Temple Bar, though? <laughs> I mean, no. there's, you know... <laughs> This manufactured Guys, crack. I, I will say I, I had the oh. I had the funniest experience. I was at the Black Sheep on the Thursday night before St. Patrick's Day. A load of American teenagers come in. They're all wearing like flat caps, like they're in like goddamn Peaky Blinders. Peaky blinders. It was <laughs> hilarious. They all walk in. They stand there. I'm in there because I'm having the time of my life having cask at the Black Sheep. So cask is back at the Black Sheep. I'm just sitting, relaxing. I'm watching them. And they must have been probably like 18, 19. So, you know, old enough to drink here, but not old enough to actually drink in the yes. States. They must have stood there, you know, speaking amongst themselves going, what do we do? What do we do? And you could hear them like being like, do we go to the bar? Does someone bring it? And they just stood there and stood there. And then they turned around and walked back out. And I was like, this is amazing. So That is so funny. It was hilarious. But the matching hats, I was just like, oh, my God, you know. It was, uh, uh, you know, it was embarrassing, but hilarious. They should have gone to Boston. (laughs) Oh, for real. Yeah, that looked like a lot of fun. (laughs) And I know where they could get served there. It's not going to be a problem there either. So, you know. Mm. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, that's that's. That's awesome. Like, I'd love to go to Belfast. And Katie, I think that you and I need to go and not just alone, but you and I need to go and have some nights in Belfast because... Yeah, without How the can we without, not? it's just there. It's just there. the kids. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was really because the the first time I went, we went, you know, as a family, and it was a little more constrained. Even though yeah. you know there were still places we could go, and it was fine. But it's nice to just 
Well, but then if you're me, I was like, I'm out and it's 1030. Oh, and I was like, I'm back at my hotel. And it's 11. Oh. But, uh, and then I just collapsed because I can't stay up late. But uh, you're such a, you're such a 9 p.m. to bed baby. Anyway. I, I really am. I really am. But I, I do have to say there are so many places you can go. And I think because, you know, there's, you know, you know proper student vibe too, that there's that, mm. that element. I think there's a lot of um, more affordable and some interesting sort of cheap eats at the, you know, kind of the university end of town. So. Mm. Definitely. I think our road trip this year is going to have to be, or a train trip, you know, doesn't I, have to be it's road very trip. affordable on the train trains, you know, right there. And, and again, I have to say as, as someone who has a lot of Hilton and Marriott points, there are a lot of places to use your points because this trip was basically free for me hotel wise. And when I go back up uh, in May, I'm also using points again, no, no, no point or uh, there's no actual cost for the uh, hotel and breakfast is included and um and again i have to say the other important thing about belfast they have a market in their market building now it's only a weekend market but there's a proper market and i got gorgeous chocolates there were breakfast baps everywhere i mean just you know i have to say i was like this is doing it right so you know belfast has you know a working market limerick uh, I feel like everyone except us has a mm. working market. So hopefully Cork has a good market as well. Yeah, Cork yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this festival that's just finished for, you know, Patrick's mm. weekend will lead to a more permanent market here. Cause I think that was mostly, was that the fruit and veg market they were in? I think the Ivy markets are still not in a fit state to yeah. do anything in. But um... yeah, I had great plans to go to this festival over the last weekend. <laughs> I didn't. I had a very lazy weekend at home and that and and actually it's funny because I think that I've probably officially earned the you know you can tell I've lived in Ireland for a while badge because I didn't make any plans for Paddy's day <laughs> yeah. I just now we went out Thursday I just night couldn't be asked to be honest <laughs> it's mostly like home Friday all yeah. of, a lot of the local people just leave the the, the leave Dublin and go yes. somewhere else for yeah. the day actually, leave the tourist tours like yeah. leave the tourists to do their thing. Leave the young people to do their thing. We bought some Guinness and played some board games and fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> it was grand. So yeah, no, that's all good. The only time I even went out is I I went to my you know my pub right around the corner and had a scraggy bay and that was in the afternoon. No one was in there. Sweet. It was basically empty. And then I went home. So you know, bargain. It was still good. So so Katie, when you travel, whether it is close or far. Uh, let's assume that it's an aeroplane flight away though, right? Do you like to drink at the airport and on the plane? It depends on what time of the day I'm flying. Mm. I don't think okay. I can. I can't really stomach a beer at five o'clock in the morning on a red eye. I can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, not for me. If we're after 10 a.m., I yeah, definitely. Unless I'm driving on the other side. Yeah. Your, you know? There's yeah, very responsible answers here. Yep, yep. Yeah, Lisa, you're nodding in agreement. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's one of those things where if it's like an afternoon or evening flight, then okay. But it's also to me kind of the length of the flight too. Mm. Like sometimes shorter is not better. You don't necessarily want to pregame and then be stuck on the plane waiting to, you know, get off to find a bathroom at the other end. Um, or again, sometimes you're like, you know, I'd rather save those calories till I've had food and I've been out walking somewhere and wherever I'm going and you know, all, all of that. But, uh, but, but that said, I think there are others where I'm like, you know, I'm in this place. This is the only chance I'm going to have this beer from wherever. And and again, usually then it's not five in the morning. It's probably an afternoon or evening flight, but 
there've definitely been times when I've been like, I am now going to park myself in the airport lounge and have whatever the local beer is. So mm. especially if I'm not paying. I, so that's, well, that's, that's always a bonus. Yeah. I think I'm fairly similar. I don't, I think I like the idea of airport beers and flight beers more than I actually like partaking in them. Mm. I've got this like weird, call it a travel anxiety, and I'm not anxious about that much, but traveling I'm a little bit anxious about, and I don't like to be late for my flight, okay? Oh, yeah. So, so I'm one of those, you know, people that is at the airport like six hours in advance, even though it's a one-hour flight, I'm that guy. So... Then you see, I might sit if I've got plenty of time and if I'm in sight mm-hmm. of my gate, I might have a beer, but only if there's many hours, you know, to be able to get to the bathroom <laughs> and to board and all the things. And I'm not really one for drinking on the plane unless yeah. it's a long haul flight. And then I might have a glass of wine. That's it. Like one, just to almost, you know, relax and go to sleep. That's my sort of vibe of it. But I've, I saw people now on the trip. So for those who have never traveled to South Africa, highly recommend it, but it's very long. So, you know, the flight is, it depends on which route you go, but we go through the Middle East because it's just a little bit easier. So eight hours to the Middle East to um, uh, Doha where we were, and then another sort of eight hours down to Johannesburg. And I saw people um, on each leg of the flight and they happened to be going the same flight as what we were on both legs, different flights and everything. And um, People drinking like all the way along. And I was, oh, I was, I would be a mess. Astounded. Yeah, I would be a mess too. Like, it's not just the anxiety, it's also the fact that you will need pee <laughs> more yeah. often. Like, you don't get food, you know, on tap as regularly as you, what you probably need to. And um, you are already going to be dehydrated. So, anyway, for me, that's mm. my worst nightmare. But I love it, you know, pulling up to the airport at 6 a.m. or whatever, and people are at those bars and they're, smashing those beers down and it's like crazy to me although you know the stag parties are the ones you always are like oh oh you're going to regret this later lads like that's yes i don't know if i'm if i'm going on a holiday with no kids i will be smashing those beers tandy i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) you know what maybe that's it maybe it's once your kids are you know if they're still under you know can fend for themselves age then you you know you're slightly more (laughs) responsible about it yeah i actually just didn't want to feel like shit so i didn't want to land in south africa after almost a 24-hour kind of journey and feel really run down and actually it was fine. So we landed um, somewhere around midday. In fact, it was like 10 a.m., which was great. It's nice to land in the morning. We had the whole day, had a bit of a, a, a snooze at my mom-in-law's place, and that was great. But Jeepers, did we have, um, myself, my husband, and my son, did we have three weeks of back-to-back family, friends, etc.? It was, It was the first time since I've moved to Ireland, which was this year it'll be five years ago it's the first time being back home so it was like a really big deal um to go and see all the people and see how much has changed and all of that so um it was good times but it was very busy and so this is my this is my hang my head in shame but I didn't bring beer back from South Africa and you know what I didn't even drink that much beer while I was there well I didn't drink that much of the interesting amazing craft beer that I know is there and there are some reasons for this, which is slight rant, slight observation, and, and and mostly I'm just remorseful that I didn't make more of an effort. But 
guys, things are a bit different in, in South Africa. Now we've had um, we've had Apiwe on and she explained some of the challenges around the South African craft beer scene during COVID and otherwise. Um, and I think that, that COVID, like, I think that COVID actually really stuffed up the market for a lot mm. longer. You, you know, there's there are some ripple effects that I can see, or maybe I'm imagining it, but I can see them in that. South Africa, you could never buy beer at a grocery store. Like that's just a, it's just not a thing. It's something that I really like about Ireland and Europe in general is that you can buy beer at your Tesco and beer at your mm. LD and your whatever, your super value. It's not a thing in South Africa. You can buy wine at the supermarket, but not beer. Um, and funny, you can buy non-alcoholic beer, which irritates me a little bit, but anyway. So often, um, I'd go to the grocery stores, you know, to just go and pick up a few bits and bobs here and there. And I'd often get there at funny times or just because I was at a grocery store, the liquor stores are sometimes next door, sometimes not. But I'd often only be able to really get wine, depending on what time I was there or whatnot. So we drank lots of wine. Thank goodness South African wine is really, really good. I'm a big fan. But um, the other thing that I noticed was... No, wait, let me go back to the grocery store thing. There was a there was a campaign probably six years ago, and I'm I'm sure it was ongoing, and there are bodies trying to get this passed, but the beer industry feels it's very unfair that wine can be sold in the supermarkets, but beer can't. And I'm not just talking about craft beer, I'm talking about mainstream sort of yeah. SAB InBev kind of vibes. Beer cannot be sold at a typical supermarket. Um, which is very annoying for everybody um, because liquor stores have to have different licenses. They've got different trading hours. You know, they've got a whole bunch of different rules and yet wine is allowed. So I don't know what's happened to that campaign. And I really, I almost really want to see what was happening with that campaign because it was, it was the biggest difference that I've noticed having been here for nearly five years was that I couldn't go into the local closest store and just buy a range of whatever craft beers they decided or even yeah. commercial beers um so what ended up happening was that i drank a lot of wine um my husband and i went to a um like an event it was like a valentine's thing where we made gin which was so fun, oh, fun. Um, yeah and it was really cool because it wasn't just the let's mix your botanicals into already made gin it we literally distilled it oh, <laughs> into wow. our own bottles which was so fun um and what a great event, you know, whether you're a couple, whether you're a um, a work group that needs team building, whatever, it was just such a fun thing to do. But anyway, we had now two bottles of 500 mils of gin. So of course we drank that. Uh, my mom had brought brandy, which is another South African staple and favorite. So we had brandy, we had gin, we had wine, <laughs> we had absolutely everything except for all the delicious craft beer. And partly because I couldn't find it at supermarkets, partly because I went then and asked all of my friends, because I'd gone to a couple of liquor stores specifically to try and find the things that I'd not tried before, all the new things that the brewers had come out with and taste the new breweries that have opened. Yeah. Um, and I was really disappointed, actually, because the dis the liquor stores that I went to, which were obviously just the ones that were close, close enough by, um, had a lot of the almost big brand craft beer. So, you know, every country has got their mainstays and their staples, the big guys. Yeah. They had a lot of that, but they didn't have the little guys. And that kind of annoyed me. Um, and so I 
supported a little bit of the big guys just wanting to retaste some of the beers that i'd had one was a golden ale from a, a brewery called devil's peak it's a lovely beer enjoyed it just as much as i had five years ago no surprises um but it didn't, didn't go too far in trying to you know support those guys because they are very very big um so having asked all my friends you know where are the where can i find like a good range you know yeah. there's hardly online stores and I think this is a product of COVID because there were a few online stores that were trading before COVID and COVID just killed it because South Africa oh. went into such a prohibition that it, you know, those businesses just died and it was really unfortunate. So there's no real, there's a few online stores, but not, not really, um, not something that I could have availed of in the time that I was there yeah. well. Um, and in the, the liquor stores that I was at, just no, none of the small guys or smaller guys. So I was, I was a bit disappointed. And then I went to um, what used to be quite a famous craft beer pub um, called Beer House. And its its claim to fame was 99 beers on the wall, you know, basically 99 yeah. taps. <laughs> yeah. Now, they'd say bottles on the wall, but it wasn't always 99 draft taps. It was 99 varieties of beer. And it had been recently taken over by different management and ownership and all of that. And I was kind of sad because they kept a lot of the ethos, but almost none of the beers were available. Oh. And I was just a bit pissed off with that. And I was like, this is not why, you know what, why bother? Just become become the Heineken's and the, you know, just become one of those bars. You'll do fine. You're in the right area anyway. Who cares? Like, stop worrying about it. Own who you are. However, so despite the fact that I couldn't get to the right liquor stores to find the right beers from the breweries that I really wanted to support, um, I did go to a homebrew festival. And it was one of the highlights of the trip because um, I was very involved in the homebrew club back when I lived in Johannesburg. And in, um, in the sort of Johannesburg or the provincial region there, there are... Um, under one umbrella group called the Wurtogs, there are four, sometimes five, depending on how we feel, uh, different uh, chapters of the same homebrew club. And it's just different areas of kind of the, the greater Johannesburg, Pretoria region. And this was the sort of Pretoria side, so slightly north um, region's uh, beer fest. And each one of the clubs takes a bit of a seasonal turn. So generally, Pretoria's got summer beer fest, uh, East Rand, which was where I was from, had winter beer fest, and then there's often October fest or, you know, something. So I went to the summer beer fest, which was so fun. And I wanted to tell you guys, because what made it really interesting, this is not one of the bigger homebrew fests necessarily. It's actually, yeah. well, it can be quite bigger, but it's on the sort of smaller side. Um, there were 38 beers on tap. And... I'm looking down the list, I'm re-looking at the menu, which was really fun um, because it's not just IPAs or parallels. So I've got I've got a lager, I've got a speciality IPA, I've got an imperial stout, we've got a cider, an amber lager, which actually won one first oh, place. Wow. Um, because there's generally BJCP as well as um voter's choice. Um, and sometimes those are different prizes, sometimes they're the same. This one won voter's choice, was this amber lager. Uh, an Australian sparkling ale, um, hmm. Schwartz beer, Czech amber lager, sweet stout, Kolsch, best bitter, Munich Dunkel, fruit beer, Czech premium pale lager, Kolsch, Saison, fruit beer, porter, 
Is, there are a few IPAs in between. Blonde, Amber Bitter, Alt Beer, um, Munich Dunkuligan, Fruit and Spice, Experimental. So you can see it was very much such a mixed bag. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. And I loved it. It was so fun. So, I mean, it was one of my um, sort of things, you know, once every quarter or whatever was to go to a homebrew festival because I've, I've said it on this pod before and said it many times outside of it, but I really find that the most interesting, unique beers are happening in the homebrew scene and not in the commercial scene. And it's for good reason. Commercial guys have got a lot more to worry about you know, more than whether this concept can work or whether right. people will like it. It's, you know, it's much more about repeatability and consistency and marketability and ingredient costs and all these things. So homebrew festivals are really the place to go um, if you like to try new things. Um, so it was really nice to be able to go to the Summer Beer Fest and enjoy the the, the fruits of many of the brewers' labors. It was just lovely. Um and it was one of those things that I wanted to bring up in contrast because I'm part of the homebrew club here. And it's not something that we're, I think, legally allowed to do is have homebrew festivals. Um, I think there's some legalities and insurance things. Right. And you know what? There's there's a bunch to it. But it's one of those things that I, I knew I missed, but I really realized when I was there how much I missed it. You know, that homebrew fest vibe. It's such a culture. How fun. Yeah, because I feel like even the ones in, in the States, like especially when I was judging homebrew competitions there, it's the same thing. They have to be a closed kind mm. of a thing. It can't be happening. It's a private you know, event. You can't serve yeah. anything to the public. It's it's very, you know, they, yeah. they've got, like anything there, they've got the funny laws about where you can and can't do that. But that's fascinating that that's where there's the real innovation. And um, mm. but But it sounds like too, maybe people have had to do that since there just wasn't availability for the past few years they've yeah. really kind of taken the bull by the horns as it were yeah. so and yeah. how does it work tandy do the home brewers just brew a keg each or basically so yeah. when oh. when you as a if, if you're a home brewer and you want to uh, pledge your beer it means that you're committed to brewing the beer from your own cost and right. serving either bottles or from a keg you know it it's not specified whether you have to have bottles or keg. It's just you have to donate 20 liters of your beer. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that you, at least 20 liters, but 20 liters is the minimum. So you buy your ingredients, you know, you do all the things. It's a, it's a, it's a gift. <laughs> However, it's a bigger commitment. Yeah. It's not like here are two bottles you're going to be judging. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in exchange for that, that person will have a certain number of like free tickets to give to okay. family members, friends who will gain access to the, uh, to the event. Normally the event, besides those kind of tickets that the, that the brewers are allowed to invite friends, uh, they're normally only accessible to the, uh, the members or guests of members of the club. Yeah. So, you know, I could bring in five of my friends if I bought six tickets, let's say. Um, and then what happens is that you go in um, to the festival and you've got all these people with their cooler boxes and their kegs and, you know, people can get quite creative with their um, with their jockey boxes and things and, yeah. um, and quite decorative and people have got such interesting brewery names and some people dress up, you know, it's like, it's oh, really fun. It's so fun. And um and everybody almost wants to vie for your attention a little bit, you know, come taste this, come taste this. But what you typically get is a menu, like a printed menu so that you know where to go for what. And you'll typically get uh, like a token or two, depending on how the competition is run. And you vote for your favorite 
um, with a token. Sometimes we've done it by app before. Okay. Like there's there's various ways of doing it. But here's where the, the interesting, I think, part of it is, is that when you go to a person, let's say we've got Cold Tap Brewery over here, you know, you're not getting a pint, you're getting tasters. So sure. you yeah. get a glass with your like uh, wristband or whatever you've got with it. And you just get tasters of everything, but it's unlimited. So you could have a taster of every single beer and you could go around a second go, or you could effectively find two or three that you like and just keep tapping them off. Like, And when the breweries are finished or when the, the brewers um, stocks are finished, then that, that one packs up and that's where it goes. Um, typically there's also a BJCP judging um, of the beers around the sort of, you know, around the corner while a lot of people are enjoying the beers. And typically you'd have a, like a best of show, which is the BJCP sort of first, second, third, you know, in terms of points. And that's your sort of beers of the day, but you'll also get the people's choice or the people's favorites, uh, first, second, third. And people tend to win. So the brewers tend to win things like vouchers to the homebrew stores or oh, nice. a 20 kilo, a kilo bag of malt, you know, things like that. Um, it's not enormous prizes, but they're lovely prizes. You know, that's, it's always something nice. And generally very well supported by the homebrew stores. Um, and, and there are a good few. So, you know, they, they often put up their own stands too, you know, and they show what their um, bespoke kits can make by, you know, putting it on tap and, and having people try it. And it's just very fun. So it's a bit of a closed event. You know, I think at this one, there was probably... 100 people maybe a bit more but probably not much more than 150 so it was small enough um but you you're in a a real little vibey kind of place you often if you don't know people at the beginning you'll certainly know them at the end and people want to talk to you about their beers and you know um often often the the brewers themselves want to talk to you about their process and they want to see whether you're you know are you a home brewer or are you just a drinker like you know where, where do i pitch my argument but right. it's just really good fun and it was yeah it was lovely to see um, and very vibey i think the homebrew scene is still alive and well big time which is oh, amazing. that's so great to hear. And it's mm. it's a funny thing that, you know, picking up on some of what you some of what you said about the, you know, the grocery stores and things like that. Like I was I was mm. again when I was in the Deer's Head in, in Belfast, uh chatting with a lovely couple from from Preston. Um, you know, he was from Preston. She was actually originally from Japan, and then they were talking about Brexit. And obviously, you know, that has, you know, made everything problematic, as we've seen with so many breweries closing, I would say, especially in the UK mainland over there. But uh really, really interesting to sort of just compare, contrast how there's still that perception that if your craft beer is sold in a grocery store in the UK, you've sold out, it's bad. And with like, we do not have that here on no. this island. We do not, like, that's good. More people can get no. it. It's great. And and he, Absolutely. you know, he agreed. Again, we had a lovely chat, but it's interesting that that's kind of the, the beer nerd perception. Yeah. In, you know, I would say, especially in England, maybe not as much in Scotland, but just interesting to me that there's that kind of difference where it's um and you know and we're in like the you know your sort of high-end high-end bottle shops will stop stocking you if you you can buy it in your little or something and you're like but it's so different from here where people are excited to have people yes. have accessibility and you know all of those all of those things so I think that's something I wonder how long that attitude can kind of prevail just given kind of the economic realities with so many breweries closing over there mm. uh week on week and hopefully that will slow down and you know this is just kind of a natural 
if you like, um, contraction versus something driven by broader forces. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really yeah. curious. And I know I'm going to be getting over certainly to London more often now for, for work. So not, not sad about that. Happy to be going over more frequently to be getting my cast, you know, hook up and all of that. But that's something I'm really curious to see is how are there sort of different trends and what's, you know, it's such a small distance away, but I feel like there's such a, a gulf in kind of perception and certainly availability. I mean, and that's, you know, partially just down to numbers, of course. Yeah. It's uh, really, really curious to see what else is, um, kind of happening over there. So I don't know, I know, Katie, you said you didn't see much on this trip, but did you even see anything kind of walking by that caught your eye, sort of walking oh. by pub or? Well, we were, our our tube stop was on the Jubilee line. So I was passing Bermondsey and I was like, oh, nice. will we, will we pop up here? And they're like, no, ma'am, we're going to the museum. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. This is an educational trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well it was saint patrick's day as well so there was oh, like there was yeah. green there was green beer right oh, oh God. there was my husband got um i think it was an apple sour and it was green oh lord oh that's really funny because i don't know if it's here because i haven't looked but there's a shooter in south africa called apple sours and it is green <laughs> and it is like really a sour apple shot it's very funny Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, Business of Beverages the other day. They had a very funny mm. sort of Patrick's Day episode, but uh, talking about kind of how it goes in Philly. And then I remembered, you know, St. Patrick's Day is such a long event in America where it's a good 10 days either side of people being unpleasantly drunk, not not happy drunk, but like unpleasantly drunk um kind of all the time for that period of time because I used to take you know the the regional rail into work every day and literally like the weekend before to the weekend after you would have to really watch yourself on the train even during normal rush hour because people would be just a mess and you're like how does this happen like how and it's like you get a smaller version of for like Cinco de Mayo or other kind of you know drinking holidays in air quotes but St. Patrick's Day is the worst around around Philly. And Philly is a great beer drinking city. People know not to drink green beer, not to do that. But <laughs> but especially like college students, they are still just such a mess, just getting so drunk. And, and you know, people vomiting on the train and all of that kind of thing. You're like, guys, like, mm. you have some have some self-respect, like, you know, time and place. But, uh, you know, to be fair, we were all there before. Is. Oh, it's true. It's, it's true. It's it's true. And there have certainly been times when I've been like, I found myself on the train. How did this happen? But I was always going <laughs> the right direction, going home, you know, no. So oh, no. Yeah. I don't uh, have any such dignified stories. Don't, don't ask oh, I have the time I, I found myself on the train on the way home. And then I woke up and I was past my stop. So I got oh, the no. next one back and then I missed my stop again. It's like, what oh, the no. hell? come on, you idiot. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you never want to be that, that guy or girl you know, or whatever. Yes. This would be a lot more forgiving if there were things like 24-hour trains. But, you know, you get to a certain point of the evening where that train's not turning around. You no. Know? It's not going yeah. anywhere. Oh, God. It wasn't in Ireland. Or... No. No. Mm. You'd be waiting, like, till the next day for a train in Ireland. <laughs> 
goodness. Well, <laughs> maybe it's just so a fun. quick segue then, because I know we're, mm. we're we're getting on. But I'm like, what are some of the things we're either looking forward to or or missing, kind of travel wise? Because I know the one that I'm like, I would love to be doing more brewery tours of some of the farther farther flung is the wrong word because they're not even that far away. But like, I would love to go to you know Meskin or Heaney or Kinnegar or you know just some of these other breweries that there's not a good way to get to on public transit. And I, I know mm-hmm. there are some independent tour companies and that's that's great, that's wonderful. But I do feel like there's a real opportunity there that, you know, Felcha Island or someone could have some more accessible, you know, sort of DIY tours, if you like, where people aren't going to drive, you know, there's a way to get to these places. So I just would love there to be kind of more options to take a bus or take a train or a train and bus or whatever, to some some of these breweries where it would be so much fun to go and tour and and then maybe visit a local pub but it's really hard to do just without mm-hmm. a car so and again you don't want to encourage people to drive um no. and then go drink so no it's actually the thing that annoys me i mean i have a car but i don't want to drive to these places because i no. actually want to enjoy it and i yeah. don't want to have to rely on cabs and i don't always I just don't always think everything is connected enough to really rely on right. public transport. It's just not great. It it almost sounds like we need a beer tour company <laughs> that does, you know, weekend trips to let's go to Donegal for the weekend and go and see, you know, the breweries and pubs there and just make it make it. A and an accessible price point, not something where yes. you're charging it to American or Japanese tourists, which again, fair play yes. with them. Good. Do that for like, you know, your big tours, but it would be great if. Like you're saying, you could do a one night overnight in, you know, in Donegal yeah. or, or someplace that's just not served by public transit well. Indeed. Yeah, With a private okay. coach. I know, I'm looking forward to it. loving people. I know. Um, Eurovision. <laughs> it's I did not get tickets. None I of us could get no. tickets. Devastated. I, I had all of the, every single error that Ticketmaster had, I got it. And no, then when I, I didn't have... even try for tickets because I couldn't even get accommodation. So I wasn't even going to bother. Uh, I had booked something miles away in Warrington and I was like, you know what? If I get tickets, I will make this work. But yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So shout out. Who is having, which pubs are going to be showing the Eurovision? And yes, look, we Rascals, want to hear about this. Looking at you, I won't hear. complain. I won't complain that the note that the music is too loud. <laughs> not for your vision not for your vision not for your here who apart from obviously the george and panty bar are going to have it on but where else where doyle's panty- corner is going to have a party um and, and in fact they're going to have um there will be um oh goodness there, there is going to be a drag queen who i think is called grania knees uh uh, You're on your knees. I love hosting it. The party. So here for that. Um, again, that's also easy because it's right by my house. But we we want to hear who is going to be having a Eurovision party. Because if we're only traveling within Dublin, we wanna we wanna know about your Eurovision parties. We may just turn up. Just you know, the this will be threat. Um, saved for the Eurovision episode. But is it is it a thing to go to a watch party versus watching at home? I, I want to hear the pros and cons. I want to hear the pros and cons, but not on this episode. No, no, we, we will okay. get to it. But I think this is a good shout out to say, tell us if we should be mm. coming to your venue for Indeed. your vision. Just say. Yes, good shout out for that, for sure. 
Well, I think that um, unless we've got a few more travel tip stories or anecdotes to to get on with, we might just wrap it up with the pubs. Please yeah. tell us where your Eurovision parties are because I'm yeah. yet to be convinced, but it's a, it's a, it's a debate. <laughs> this is a strong year. I know we're going to get into it, but I think my only other, again, shout out is is kind of, are there beer festivals happening this summer? I've not really heard of much yet. So that's another thing I think we want to hear. Are there things happening? Should we yes. be booking travel somewhere? So Could they also not all happen within two months, please? Yes, yes, spread out, spread out. It yes. actually gets very expensive and very difficult to manage the logistics of all these beer things if they're all in July and August or Agreed. June and July. However, well, if they're, if they're outdoor in Ireland... We can't. Well, well, I suppose we can't even guarantee the weather during July and August, but odds nope. are it might be a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. But I think we would love to be booking travel now if those are things coming up, regardless of where they are. So let us know. Mm. Do let us know. Um, Wild Beer Fest in Malangar is happening though. Yes, twenty second of April. So for those who haven't bought the tickets yet, do that. Um, yep. I'm Rascals Happy busy. Days, of course. Also, you know, yeah, Maybank holiday weekend. Yep. Indeed. So we have got a few things coming up but to the beginning of yeah. you know, end of spring, early summer. But yeah, we'll see what happens in summertime. But so breweries and venues, let us know both on um, events happening. They don't have to be festivals, but things that are happening yeah. as well as um, so, you know, so we can make our travel plans and budget for things and, you know, do all the stuff. And for those who are doing a Eurovision watch party, we want to hear about it. We will share it with you know our dedicated fan base of eurovision fans lol um but we will share it for you <laughs> they exist they exist <laughs> oh they do um yeah so let us know fantastic now maybe final question if you guys could go to only one destination be it a city or a country but only one place as a specific tour like travel for beer scenario where would it be Quick fire round. There's no wrong answers here. Oh, that's a tough one, but a really good one. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know, Katie. You you, you look like I'm, you have thoughts. I'm thinking <laughs> Germany or the or Czechia. Mm. What can I say? Good beer. Yeah, mm -hmm. those those but, both are but super appealing. They're appealing for their for their uh, established beer styles, and that's like I don't know much about their their new. I suppose all their a lot of their beer just is local beer. You know, it's mm. it's not a lot of it isn't multinational owned. Some of it is. Um, so I don't know about their scenes there. I just know that I like the beers that I've had from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I I feel like I'm either going to be you know, sort of boring if you like and say I like going to Yorkshire or the north of England just because I can get my cask it's all lovely but I've heard so many good things lately about the scene in uh sort of Barcelona and sort of those parts of Spain I've heard there's a lot of good beer and if you like I don't know anything about it that might be interesting to just go and try a place I've never been and try the beer so that might be uh I feel like maybe that's more of a winter trip when it's cold here but I would be really curious to see some of what's going on. And also, um, when we were at White Hag, there was a lot of really good Italian breweries. There were, yeah, that was surprising mm. to me. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, yeah. yeah. Mm. File that one away, Interesting. too. Interesting. Yeah. What about you, no. Tandy? 
I might have to say Belgium because I've actually never been yet. Oh. I know it's crazy. Don't don't look at me with such horror like it's aghast horror faces. <laughs> I know I've never been to Belgium except for a very quick drive through when I was on a Kentucky tour many years ago. And um, so I would love to go to Belgium. But actually, Katie, you, you're kind of on the money. I'd probably go to Germany. Like, yeah, I want, I want to, I want to do. I just want to do beautiful lagers for a bit. That said. I think you could go almost any country in the world and just experience something amazing. Um, yeah. So it could be anywhere. Take me on free trips. I'll make the best of it. <laughs> we will review your destinations for you. So we oh, might not always yes, be nice, that's a job. but we'll review them. That's a job to have. Hey, my goodness. <laughs> uh, the dream. Okay, friends. Well, thank you for sharing your travel stories and anecdotes and tips and casks and all the things. Um, we've uh, loved hearing them. And thank you to everybody at home listening along. And um, final reminder, we're on the socials. You can support us on the website. We're at beerladiespodcast.com and we're at, at beerladiespod everywhere <coughs> that you can find us. So yeah, until next time, happy travels. See you all. Goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.